Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jameel Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. All homebrewers have a favorite commercial beer, but not everyone can make it. Welcome to the show that teaches you how, where you can challenge two masters, Jamil Zainashev and Tasty McDole. This is the Jamil Show. Can you brew it? Now here's Jamil. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Hey, everybody. That's the Jamil Show. How long have you been doing this show? Uh, six and a half years. Six and a half years. Wow, that's a long time. <laughs> I I've know. Been, and I've been here like, what, five, six months or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. A couple of shows. A couple of shows? A couple of shows. Maybe uh, two months. Well, who's been sponsoring us all that time? The fantastic uh, Northern Brewer. They, uh, northernbrewer.com. Check them out. They got... Uh, some of the world's best brewing ingredients, world's best brewing equipment, and uh, world's greatest customer service. All wow. there in one spot, northernbrewer.com. Yeah. They're great people, too. They are. They're nice folks. They're a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, we get a chance to hang out with them here and there. You know, They're always at the Homebrewers Conference coming up in Seattle. That's going to be fun. Yep. It's going to be a big one. And uh, we tend to see him at uh, other things like GABF and all that. Great guys. Lots of fun. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing them at the conference this year in uh, Seattle. <laughs> I'm tired. You're tired, huh? I had to get up early. Yeah. That's right. Today was a uh, bottling day at yes. the old brewery. At the old brewery. What, do you stand there and count them, or do you actually do, do some work? I, my task is to actually depalletize the bottles. All right, so they're in a pallet. They're in boxes? Take them, in no, box them take them out of the oh, case oh. boxes, put them on the labeler. Nice. Then I throw. <laughs> we used to carry the little boxes around, squeeze them past the bottling line. So you throw it's, it over it now. I, yeah, I just throw them over it. So, wow. So you're working I, on your I jump them, yeah, yeah, I just whiff them over. These, and they're empty boxes, and they got to go, you know, so you gotta, 20, 30 feet. Got to throw them pretty hard. Yeah, so my shoulder hurts now. You're going to have like... <laughs> Throwing uh, like 360 boxes today. Huh. And it's just it's every week. It's nonstop. Well, I, gotta, I, Chris I, 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 I told times. you, you, know, you had to get somebody to do that for you. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you At know. At least throw the boxes. You got a guy to yeah. do that. Yeah, well. Go by the Home Depot. <laughs> Anybody know how to throw boxes? Um, Do this. Yeah, and then uh, you know, and then the labeler. You know, you, you get like the bottle on date starts traveling when the roll gets lighter, and then Jeez. you know, there's just all sorts of little things you need to fart around with. Nice. It's, well, it takes all day. <sighs> so how much? How many barrel barrels did you bottle? About twenty four. Oh, two two different beers, or no one beer, one beer, all nice. evil twin. Ooh, that's good stuff. Twenty four barrels, three hundred sixty cases. This is three twenty six bottled, huh? Yes, yes. 
So, uh, yeah, it was uh, a, a wonderful day, but I'm just so tired. Um, and speaking of tired, are you tired of uh, paying high prices? Are you tired of not finding what you need in stock? Check out LawnTheBrew.com. See, it was a good segue, so I figured I'd use I'll it. Use it up. Yeah, cool. I'll use it up. Well, today. Yeah, got something different today. Right. Um, so often we're you get email, I get email, we all get email. People saying, "Oh, you know, I love this beer. You know, how about doing a can you brew it?" Or uh, and. You know, we're glad to get those emails. We're looking forward to doing those beers. You know, go ahead, send the request into, you know, uh, can you brew it at the brewing network dot com, and you know, we'll get to them eventually. But that's probably going to be like fifty years from now because we have so many requests. And so people say, well, you know, can you help me out? You know, figure out uh, what might be in this beer so I can, you know, take a couple of shots at cloning it, you know, before you get to it. And, um, you know, we'd like to help everybody with those requests, but <laughs> that can be that can be daunting, especially if you haven't tasted the beer. So what we thought we'd do would be to take a commercial example of uh, a fairly well-known beer and... Um, you know, take a. Sh- we don't know what's in it, but we'd take a shot at, uh, you know, going through the process of um, determining, or you know, just just the thought process that we go through in thinking about what's in a beer. If we were to try and clone this without a recipe, you know, what would we do? And so, uh, what we decided to do, we got the uh, Lagunitas Wilco Tango Foxtrot. A multi robust jobless recovery ale uh, from the uh, Lagunitas Brewing Company, Petaluma, California. We thought we would taste that, um, you know, develop our thoughts, you know, kind of go through the thought process. Yeah, define what the parameters are of trying to decide what's in there. And, uh, you know, hopefully, what, you know, going through that, you can, you know, find this beer. Perhaps uh, a lot of you can find this beer, and then uh, you could try that too, and see what we're talking about as you listen to the show, and uh, you know, see how that would match up with uh, you know some other beer that you want to clone. You know, just kind of uh, going through that, give you a, give you an education in uh, how we go about uh, thinking of these things when we don't have a recipe. That's the whole thing. It's hard to do, but. Uh more you know about it, the better better you are for sure. Right, right. I mean, I you know. Well, we did something similar with uh, Stone's Arrogant Bastard. We yep. never got a recipe for that, but uh, we're pretty pretty dialed in on that close, one. It took took some time. Yeah, but it took uh, some analytic, you know, some like, yeah. serious sitting down. Right, serious sending the beer to a lab. Well, <laughs> we didn't do that. <laughs> Looks like that. Oh, maybe we should though. Actually, I did. Hmm. I sent the beer. Oh, yeah, that's right for the IBUs. Yeah, IBUs, color, yeah. other things. Yeah. Why not? Yes. Hey, if you really want to clone something, sometimes you need to pull out all the stops. Well, you know a guy at the lab, too. That doesn't hurt. Yeah, that doesn't hurt. But, you know, sometimes you got to pull out all the stops. For sure. All right. Why don't we do this? Um, we'll take a short break, and during that we will 
pour the beer for ourselves, and we'll start tasting. And when we come back, we'll get into uh, some of our thoughts and, and thought processes on uh, cloning a beer without a recipe. Back after this. In a world where everything has been lost. What happened to the city? It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. Oh no, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? <laughs> Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. <gasps> oh, oh, it can't be done. Come with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm going to need some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And then From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you $7.99 Brew Saver Shipping, massive selection, and superior customer service comes... What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret elite bare-bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W NicoBrew, your bare-bones buddy in the brewing business. Blickman Engineering. Think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The auto sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Hey brewers, it's planting season. Have you ever dreamt of walking through your own hop garden? Well, look no further than Woodburn, Oregon and the Crosby Family Hop Farm. Blake Crosby and his family have been passionately growing hops for five generations. 
And right now, they're taking orders for 2012 rhizomes for all retail and wholesale customers. The Crosbys know how to grow hops and are here to help you establish your family's very own successful hop garden. In fact, when you plant a hop rhizome from the Crosbys, you're using the same plant your favorite professional brewer bought his hops from. Friendly professional service, fast shipment, and quality hops at competitive prices. The Crosby family brings all of this to you. Call 503-982-5166 or visit bcrosbyhops.com and let Blake Crosby and the Crosby Hop Farm help make your hop garden a reality. bcrosbyhops.com Hops from the Crosby family farm to yours. By popular vote from the Northwest Brewing News, HopTech has been voted the best homebrew shop in Northern California. Serving homebrewers for nearly 30 years in Dublin, California, HopTech carries more than 40 different kinds of hops and more than 60 different grains. Malt extract, spices and sugars, hop oils and extracts. Open every day except Wednesday or shop online anytime at HopTech.com. Or call 1-800-DRY-HOPS, 1-800-379-4677. With in-store classes almost every Saturday, huge selection and a dedicated commitment to their customers. HopTech is one of the longest-running and passionate homebrew stores, period. And now, by popular vote, the best homebrew shop in Northern California. And don't forget their 15% military discount. HopTech. Visit today at HopTech.com. Now back to the challenge. Can you brew it? All right, we're back. We're uh, sipping away at a fine Lagunitas beer, the uh, Wilco Tango Foxtrot. It's really good. A lot of people uh, like this beer. It's got a lot of good mm-hmm. reviews. It's malty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice and clean. It's big like most Lagunitas beers, but in a Hoppy. big body. Yeah, it's... um. 7.85% alcohol by volume. OG of 1072 and 59 IBUs is what it says on the label. So there's one of your your starting points is, okay, you know, what information do they give you? They give you your ABV. They give you your starting gravity. So based off of that, you know what um, your finishing gravity should be, right? right. And if the finishing gravity is, is quite high or... And, you know, that gives you some other clue as to, you know, more specialty malts or higher mash temperature or a lower attenuating yeast. A lot of times a brewery, they'll use the same yeast for all their beers or for most of the beers. So whatever yeast you find they use for one beer, chances are they're using it for the other. So, you know, you could go to our other clone shows for Lagunitas where they told us what yeast they use. And I, I would say that this is tastes like the same kind of yeast character in this one as in yeah. their Lagunitas IPA, brown sugar, wouldn't you say? Yeah, same yeast flavor, No, yeah, nothing right. different about it at all. And even if they don't give you the starting gravity, the OG, what you can do, because generally, um, in the U.S. at least, um, all the labels will have your alcohol by volume. And what you can do is, you know, take uh, a sample and degas it 
and then take a hydrometer reading. And whatever that hydrometer reading, that'll tell you your finishing gravity. And by knowing the finishing gravity and your alcohol by volume, that'll tell you your starting gravity. So there you go. You know, pretty much always you'll have your starting gravity and finishing gravity. That's, you know, that's easy to get information right there. And then a Lagunita is not just their yeast, but, I mean, their process is probably very similar from beer mm-hmm. to beer as well. Like, for instance, you could listen to our other shows, and they managed at, like, 156 or something like that, way up right. there. And, uh, you know, I'd be way out, this beer, I'm sure, is managed the same way. You know, right, way right. Well, um, yeah, you know, the breweries tend to do a lot of things similar. They find something that works, and they tend to repeat that. So... You can, uh, you know, follow along with that. Um, one of the other things that I'll, I'll do is, um, you know, you can try emailing the brewery, Google search. Generally, a Google search is a good good way to start and, yeah. you know, see if you can find on the Internet people. Somebody might say, oh, yeah, I talked to, you know, Jeremy Lagunitas. I emailed him and he, you know, sent me the recipe. Here it is. Uh, you know, that's a, a quick way to you know get the recipe. It's, yeah, why beat your head against? Yeah, it's the wall. it's posted posted on the internet, and uh, you know you just need to go ahead and uh, uh, go with uh, you know simple Google search, and that should get you a lot of a lot of good uh, a lot of good uh, information. And even if it isn't posted, a lot of times. Um, Somebody else will have uh, asked about the same beer, and uh, I, I did a search for for this beer, WTF Lagunitas Clone Recipe, and you know, sometimes you get nothing. Sometimes you get people that have you know tried and they figured some stuff out; and it's pretty good. But just as often, you get people who don't know what they're doing and right. have come up with nothing. So I, I think. Uh, uh, so that's that's hit or miss. Um, and then my other thought when I'm kind of getting into something like this is what other beer does it seem similar to? Or for that matter, what style is the beer? If it, I mean, not all commercial breweries, you know, brew to a style. Mm-hmm. But if you get it within a style, then you can go to that and look up other beers that would be like in that style as, as right, other examples. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and yeah, then, if, if you were to do yeah. like let's say a porter or yeah. a dry stout, somebody's listed as a dry stout, you know, go look up dry stouts and chances are there's some sort of similarities there. Right. And then they'll also have there what the typical ingredients are mm-hmm. in you know, those stouts. Right. At least the classic examples, which was, mm-hmm. they're list, mm-hmm. listing there. As well as something about process and the overall you mm-hmm. know, just a pretty good description of the beer. So right. that's good to know. Well, and one of the things that, that uh, like I said, I like to do is to think about, you know, see if it strikes a chord with me as to other beers I've had that seem similar. And actually, um, uh, the one that just came to mind, because, you know, this has kind of a uh, interesting, uh, you know, kind of deep copper color and... Um, uh, you know the malt character and the hoppiness. I started to think of the Nugnia 100, Batch 100. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Because mm-hmm. I was trying to think. Well, how is this color derived? 
and this caramel flavor derived. Is it, you know, a caramel malt and in generous amounts, or is it um, small amount of a small amount of like a black malt, which is I think what they used in the Nugnia, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And uh, I wonder if it isn't like that because that's kind of what I taste. Is you know I think it's similar in some ways like that. And I tell you. Uh, back when we did that show, I was kind of shocked. I was kind of didn't have any crystal in it. Right? I was yeah, I was, I was kind of like WTF on on the recipe yeah, yeah. for that that uh, Schethel gave us was. Uh, I'm like, no way, you know, can't be. You know, there's got to be some crystal malt in there, and there weren't there wasn't any. And I was like, oh wow, what the fuck? Maybe you don't need it. <laughs> kind of shocked. So, uh, you know, I wonder if it could be something like that. Well, you know what is crystal malt, right? Well, it's it's usually you know it's 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 obviously a toasted, uh, just like the you know like say the uh, black patent or whatever you, or roasted barley or whatever you're using, uh, you know, in the other on the other side just for to get the color. So you take that plus the you know say so you you can ma- you mash high to get you know get the uh, lot of dextrins out of the beer, mm-hmm. marry those two together, and maybe you essentially have what's in C40 or C60. Yeah. Um. You know, body and, and mm-hmm. uh, toastiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was just so surprised at, at how that came out. Um, well, that's the other thing is, um, you know, when you when I am interested in, in cloning a beer, coming close to a certain beer that I like, um, you know, I look at color, and color is a big guide into what kind of um, ingredients are in the beer. Because if you – so there's a couple of different ways to look at it. And one is you can look at the, um, you know, the the basic body of the beer and, you know, the hue. Does it have red tinge to it? Is it more brownish? Is it more golden? Is it, you know, what kind of color are you getting there? And that can kind of give you some hints as to, is it like a dark, really darkly kiln malt? Is it a lighter kiln malt in great quantities? Is it, uh, you know, what what's going on there? And the other clue is often the head. Because when you use uh, a lot of, uh, or, or when you use real dark malts, it tends to also show up in the head. More as a beige than a red. Right, versus... Um, you know, when you just tend to use, you know, lighter color, you know, malts or crystal malts or something like that, I, I tend to not see as much change in head color. Mm-hmm. It still tends to be More towards the white a lighter color, yeah. yeah. Right. And then when you use the dark malts, then that's when the, the head color starts to change. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that yeah, I've as well? Seen, yeah, I've seen. Well, like, for instance, I know like a C120 will give me like an eggshell, I call it eggshell, kind of a, it's not white, but it's it's certainly got some... Uh, mm-hmm. Some beige in it, and then if I use like just a basic beer that has no no color whatsoever except a little bit of roasted barley, mm-hmm. it's, it really goes to beige. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if it if it starts to develop some color, you'll see that that head becomes more tan or yeah. almost light light chocolatey kind of color. Yeah, and we're, of course we're talking beers in this caliber that you know where that I mean obviously it was a stout or a porter, you know that would be all just overdriven by the, the dark malts in those beers. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking about the crystals in the middle, you know, the middle range. Right. Or in, like, the point of the thing here, 
how do we get the color in the beer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't get a lot of crystal uh, flavor in this beer, so I can see where you're going with. Maybe they're using a small amount of a much darker uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, roasted malt to get. The yeah, color. I could be totally wrong, but that was I'm the first that. thing that hit me was, I wonder if you know it's a similar thing to that. Yeah, it's for a Lagunitas beer. I'm not getting a lot of that that malty crystal flavor. Right, and it's kind of got a dryness to mm-hmm. it. That reminds me of like a darker malt. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't linger uh, like a crystal wood. Yeah. Yeah. And JP, you have uh, any thoughts about this as well? What would what would you think is is in this beer? Uh, I don't have any thoughts on it at all. I can't taste. I'm I'm actually sick, and I can't taste <laughs> anything at all. I, I taste a lot of. Sweet. Oh, your mental illness is now and, and, affecting uh, your ability to taste. And a lot of things? hot alcohol. That's all. I, that's all I get. Hmm. I don't get. I don't, are messed up. I don't get differentiations between sweetnesses. Uh, to me, it's really cloying and hmm. too hot. But I don't. Hmm. I don't really get like a bitterness at all. Out of it. it is a little hot. I do get a little little heat from this alcohol. And actually, I get like a, a tart. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if it's the nasty glass I have or what, but um, <laughs> I I totally can't help here at all. Yeah. Sorry. No. I'm trying, though. I'm drinking it. <laughs> but, yeah, to me, it tastes slightly sour. Huh. So, I know you don't want to hear that. <laughs> Sneeze into your bucket before you put your yeast, and then that way you can properly recreate. Yeah, it'll be mm. tough. Yeah, okay. I'm getting uh, really, uh, yeah, it's really dry. Right. It seems like it's got some body to it, though. Yeah, it's got a lot of body. Yep, yep. That's from the base, I'm assuming. Got some alcohol. That. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to uh, if we were to, you know, do a uh, hydrometer reading and check that out. But again, we really don't need to. Ten seventy two, seven eighty five. Oh yeah, it's you pull up your uh, general Brewer calculator and OG sixty uh, sixty four or sixty eight something. Like that. Right. <clears throat> um. Of course, they finish pretty low, pretty high, I would expect. Well, the beer doesn't taste like it. Well, it's got a lot of body. I, I guess I could say that uh, mm-hmm. it could be, yeah, a finishing gravity reading would be helpful with this beer, I think. Mm-hmm. I should be able to calculate that out. I'll tell you what. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll, uh, we'll give you the uh, finishing gravity on this. Back after this? Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmaster's Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BNARMY in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. 
Have you ever dreamed about attending the World Brewing Academy? This year, thanks to Lalamond and Danstar, one lucky brewer will make that dream a reality for free. Lalamond and Danstar invite you to enter the Beer School 2012 contest. One lucky grand prize winner will receive fully paid tuition in the 2012 World Brewing Academy web-based concise course in brewing technology worth more than $3,000. From now until April 12, 2012, every Danstar yeast package you use is your ticket to enter. Visit DanstarYeast.com for the details and to print your official entry form. There's no limit on the number of times you can enter. So get brewing with Danstar and get your entries in to the Danstar 2012 Beer School Contest. Whether you want to build your home brewing skills or build a career as a professional brewer, this course will change the way you think of beer and brewing. Enter at DanstarYeast.com and get the dry yeast advantage with Danstar and Lalamond Premium Brewing Yeast and enter to win. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones, no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeast, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego Super Yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Now back to the challenge. Can you brew it? All right, we're back. We're having uh, lots of fun here discussing uh, what we think uh, would be in the beer or not. So I whipped out the uh, little beer calculator on my phone. And, um, you know, if you have a starting gravity of 1072 and you have alcohol of 7.85, then you have a finishing gravity of 1013. So right around in there. So again, that's a good good example of you know uh, what you might uh, be looking at. Now, what what yeast did they use in the previous uh, shows? Well, Isn't it two? Oh, two. Oh, two. Yeah, yeah. White Labs uh, WLP two. Yeah. 
And that um, attenuates well, but um, that's pretty decent attenuation still for a 1072. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't think too high a, a mash temperature. No, I think this one they might have mashed lower. I mean, it is really well attenuated. Right. It right. tastes not only is it, uh, but it's still got the body of a higher mashed beer, too. Right. Well, and that would make me think that, you know, it's got some specialty malts in there. Um, you know, maybe maybe some crystal malts or something. Yeah, some malts. some unfermentable specialty malts. I got you. Yeah, yeah, like uh, yeah, like uh. Well, no, I'm still getting that. I still get that dry finish that you're talking about by right. like a high roast kind of uh-huh. kind of color. So that wouldn't probably that wouldn't linger into the body at all. Or the right, right, right. Mostly for color. Yeah. Well, usually, um, you know, it's it's those crystal malts that tend to um, add to the finishing gravity. Right. Yeah. Without, you know, they they tend not to ferment out, so you tend to get uh, a little bit more uh, uh, residual with that. But then mashing high is going to give you a residual as well right. I mean, out of the base malt too. Sure. Sure. So. I don't know. That's a great, it's a good beer. I like the. I mm-hmm. definitely love the body in it. Now, what about hops? What what kind of hops are you perceiving in this thing? Well, again, knowing them, right? They, mm-hmm. And they have, of course, they, knowing them is one thing I know is they have a whole bunch of different hops. There. They don't uh, mm-hmm. seem to specialize in any one thing. They just get enough for all the beers they want to make and what it takes. It takes. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely getting uh, some Cascade in the finish, mm-hmm. uh, which is obviously a great hop to use. It's readily available and uh as far as the bittering um i don't know it's pretty hard to find that sometimes really in most beers correct me if i'm wrong the bittering hop doesn't matter well, in fact they probably use canned bitterness they probably use the extract uh, yeah and essentially when i make well, a beer i'm just going grabbing my warrior or my magnum or something and using some of that i yeah, I mean, they say 59 IBU on here, so, uh, you know, I would shoot for around there, maybe, a little, you know. Um, the uh, interesting thing about uh, boil hops, I've always said you can you can taste them in a beer. Some and it depends. Can. It depends on the beer. And the hop, too. And the hop, right. and, um, you know, some of the cleaner hops in a bigger beer, you're not going to notice, but um, we... Uh, we're playing around with what we're using for bittering. We're just kind of throwing in just about anything. And um, <clears throat> on one beer, we ended up using some summit in the bittering. And uh, boy, yeah. you could taste it in the end. Yeah. I mean, it really did come through. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, one of those. Yeah. Well, and they say that summit's fairly clean on bittering, but I think you need to have a very aggressive boil for it to come across clean. Got to boil the piss out of it. Yeah, because otherwise the piss stays in it, and yes. it starts to smell a bit like piss. Can't, can't butt. Or well, I onion, mean, uh, oniony, oniony, garlicky, yeah. farty, kind of like JP. Mm-hmm. So isn't that uh, right, JP? You can smell that. Yeah. What are some of the other hops? Uh, I know, like uh, Chinook is one that I can t- I can taste it. It was bitter with Chinook. It seems mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. carry over Chinook, Columbus, Columbus, yeah. You know, although you know, a lot of times people do Columbus, and it's just um, you know, it's fine, it's clean, but um, you know, only in bolder beers, I think beers with hop character and stuff. Because on the uh, 
Uh, Need to lie so, down, buddy? Yeah, I'm, I'm exhausted. Uh, on the... Uh, otherwise, the... Uh, you know, speaking of lying down... <laughs> fellas. Fellas. Gals. You're looking to spice things up in the bedroom? If you're going to be lying down. Yeah, well, probably lying down in the bedroom. Reason. Been fantasizing about surprising your love with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. When you select your one item of 50% off, you also get three free adult DVDs. And they're not just, you know, they'll ship you whatever DVDs. When you actually go on the site and you put something in the shopping cart, use the code, you can select from uh, quite a range of DVDs. And they throw in an extra gift, totally free. That is so central. I'm unable to mention it on the radio. And top it all off, they throw in free shipping as well. So, great deal. Go to adamandeve.com. Buy one item, 50% off. You get three free DVDs. You get a free extra gift. You get free shipping. All for buying one item at, at half off and using the offer code can you brew it? C-Y-B-I. So you use C-Y-B-I as the offer code to check out, and uh, you get the free shipping, the free DVDs, the free extra gift, and an item at half price. So really, great deal. Uh, and they, they've become quite the sponsor. They've been with us years now. Well, our guys know how to spice it up in the bedroom. Oh, yeah. I, 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 mean, right. I mean, they're not on here for no reason. You listen. They know our demographic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you guys... Uh, These guys are active not, in the bedroom. Not just spicing up your beers. You're spicing up your love life. So, kudos to you. Check out adamandeve.com. All right. So, uh, we were talking about the uh, hops and... Uh, yeah, so 59 IBUs, you're thinking, and... Uh, well, it says that on the label. That's right. So, uh, or, And you agree? I, I taste... 59.2? Uh, uh, 60? No, not 60. Not 58. Uh, 59 IBUs, I taste. Well, verified. Don't have to send that off to the lab. Right. It, it tastes it tastes um, kind of in that fifty to sixty IBU kind of range. Even with the sweetness that's there, um, it's a pretty firm bittering. And I would kind of go around that range, you know, anywhere yeah, in the not, fifty yeah. to seventy. It's not any higher than that. I know that. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past seventy. No, I don't know. you know, using like the Rager formula and all that. I mean, it may say seventy. And you may end up with realistically sixty, right. you know, and I think that would be about right. Um, you know, it depends on uh, where you put the hops. Do you think there's a, a lot of um, late hop additions, or um, I get a fair amount of late hop in this? I get a late hop. I, I, I do get some. Um, I do get some chinook in the aroma. I think it could mm-hmm. be like maybe dry hop with chinook. Uh huh. I mean, it's got some of that pineapple-y, fruity kind of thing going there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That could just be the Cascade late in the finish. I don't know. Citra. I don't well, and it's it's got kind of that um, a little, uh, just a hint of that kind of grassiness you get from uh, a dry hop. Right. So, you know, I might think that that's dry hop just based off of that. Right. Which is probably not a not a, a wild assumption based off of a Lagunitas beer. No, they like to dry hop their beers. So, yeah. Right, right. 
don't uh, mess around there. Well, what we're trying to do here, just to recap for folks, is that uh, you know you got a beer that you really like and you want to uh, uh, you know clone that thing, uh, but you don't have a recipe. How do you go about it? So um, you know our, our starting thoughts were. You know, check the internet. Check other you know resources like you know the Kenya Brew it. If if we've done another beer from that brewery, like we've done a bunch of Lagunitas yeah, we beers, went to the brown sugar. You know, episode. listen to all those brown uh, all those Lagunitas uh, episodes, right. and that'd give you a pretty good idea of you know what's in there. Maybe the uh, the brown sugar is a, a perfect, a, a fairly close one to this beer. Yeah. Uh, listen to you know check out other when you drink it. Think about other beers that seem similar to it, and maybe that's part of you know a good clue. Now, like, especially uh, beers in your own brewery, the beers that you make that are in similar right, gravity right. and similar kind of balance. You know, just to know how it's going to fit into your brewery. Because I mean, a recipe is a recipe. I mean, uh, you know, your brewery may produce something slightly different based on different parameters in your recipe. Mm-hmm, it may be mm-hmm. more sensitive to darker malts, or it may be right. maybe you tend to have uh, higher finishing gravities. Mm-hmm. So you. When we say 156, you have to do, you know, 154 or something like that. Right. You have to adjust. So that was uh, another uh, tip. And then, you know, go with what information the brewery's already given you. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe the brewery's already given out the recipe or, you know, check the bottle. A lot of times on the bottle, they give you quite a bit of information. You know, your starting gravity or, in this case, starting gravity and the alcohol percentage and the uh, you know IBUs and um, just by knowing the alcohol percentage and the starting gravity, I know the finishing gravity without measuring it. Right. And sometimes the description on there will say, "Oh, we use seven kinds of malt, we use right. ten kinds of hops, or you know it's single malt, single hop, and you know this uses hops from wherever." You know they'll give you a lot of information sometimes, yeah. and if you check the the brewery website. A lot of times they'll include stuff. I know if you're trying to clone, you know, rogue beers, the bottles have, uh, you know, the the malts that were used, and and I think the hops, and then you know, starting and finishing, and uh, fermentation temperature. Quite a good information. You know, quite a bit of information. And Stone, I think, has does as well, but pretty much gives the rest. Right, of it. right. So uh, you know, a lot of times they'll they'll have that information. You just need to spend a little time looking for that stuff. Right. And then um, the other th- clues that that we'll use a lot of times, besides you know mouth feel for um, you know mash temperature or something like that, um, you know color, the color of the beer and color of the head uh, tends to give you some idea of you know what kind of malts are in there. So that's what what we've kind of been our process that we've been going through, and. Um, yeah, you know, what would you what would you have right now, uh, Tasty? What would what would be kind of our our recipe so far? What do you what do you say that we have in there? We've got uh, some pale ale malt. Yeah, I say it's probably like ninety percent or well, maybe, domestic two row. No, I think standard probably raw. Yeah, right, because they use that for their other. I think beers. that's what's in their other beers. Right, so I would I I'd go it. with it. I see no reason why they do something different for this beer. I don't get any English character. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Maybe in the, the crystals, probably English. I would guess. No, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would think it's got some amount of uh, lighter crystal. Like, uh, see, uh, since it's English, it's going to be what fifty, sixty, or something like that. Mm-hmm, I would consider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they tend to come in, you know, you know, various shades, just like uh, you yeah. know, in the U.S. versions as well. So. Exactly. So some, you know, medium crystal like that, mm-hmm. 
And then I just, you know, because it's got this nice beige head. I'm right, the it's head got, is a little darker than you would think just yeah, from crystal malt. Not from so. that C fifty sixty is not giving that color. Right. Yet. And we're getting a certain, you know, the dryness, dryness in the, in the flavor. Finish. Yeah. It's got some roasted barley, or right. Some it's got some dark, dark kiln something in there, or something. Right, some color adjuster in there, right. and that's what's giving it kind of this nice copper color to it. I think. Yeah. Yeah, more towards red. Than mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, and then uh, anything else that you know? Are we getting any? Build, uh, I'm not really getting any Munich no. or biscuit or anything like that. It's no. pretty straightforward, pretty pretty clean and clear. Right. Um, you know, not tasting any of those other additional malts. Right. Um, you know, uh, and then fermentation wise, um, seems very similar to other Lagunitas beers. So I would think they're using their same yeast. Probably the same fermentation temperatures, pretty standard there. Mm-hmm. And again, you can get those from the other shows. And then um, the hopping, that's, that's the only thing we haven't really covered yet. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm telling you, you, you were saying Chinook and Cascade. I think there's or, a Chinook Cascade finish in it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I get that as well. Kind of citrusy. But I, mix, I expect the Cascade's um, not in the dry. A little piney. Yeah. Uh-huh. As far as the like a middle edition. Um, don't not get anything like Simcoe or uh, mm-hmm. so those mm-hmm. that stand out. Right. Uh, this is a more almost seems more like a very traditional, yeah, craft beer hopping regimen on this. You know, not not anything wild or unusual. Right. Maybe some dry hops, some late hops, uh, firm bittering. Um, you know, you might check other other recipes that they've given us for other beers, but. Uh, yeah, that's the kind of character. Could be some like Willamette or something in the middle or something like uh-huh. that. So maybe uh-huh. just neutral bittering at sixty, right? Some sort of flavor, character malt and at you know fifteen or whatever. I think that's mm-hmm. pretty typical mm-hmm. for them. Are they are they to do thirties? Again, back to the other shows. I think mm-hmm. they might do right ninety thirty or something like that. And you know, a lot of times that isn't critical. I think you have a lot of leeway in those yeah, editions. Definitely, because yeah. a lot of it's in the. In the dry hop, and I really do think it's got mm-hmm. like again a late cascade, right, right, flame out or something like that, mm-hmm. and then uh, Chinook and probably another. No, and then they got two dry hops or something. So, right, at least I get the Chinook in the nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, and then uh, mash temp. You know, they tend to do some higher mash temps. But uh, what would you think there? Well, I don't know. It's, this beer is so uh, it's a little different than their beer. It doesn't right. have that big uh, finished a filling little bit drier, kind of. Yeah. I would. Pro- I don't know. I'd hate to deviate from their. Uh, I don't know. I right. think they would change actually. So I would. I if I had to bet, they they're like at whatever one fifty six. Whatever mm-hmm. they do. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be afraid to drop to one fifty four, one fifty two. Especially if you don't fine. get the kind of. I mean, they you know they're using the massive amounts of yeast big and, and yeah, mm-hmm. big tall fermenters. You know, with, I don't know. Right. A lot of things going on in it we can't replicate at all. Right, right. So, uh, but yeah, if you're not if you don't have good luck at higher mash temperatures, you know, yeah, I would definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends on your system because you know mash temperatures, especially, you can't translate those systems to system. Oh yeah, you have to just brew it and get the right result. I think if you're finishing out around, you know, anywhere from you know, let's say ten twelve to ten fifteen, you're in that target. You know, you're in a you're pretty good range there. Well, if you listen to these shows and you do, you know, try these recipes and you do have the commercial beers available, 
you could you know gauge yourself as to how you're doing like mm-hmm. it's, you know when we we taste them or we if we noticed a big difference in body or a different effect from mashing at the temperature that the brewery recommended we'd probably discuss it we're not we're not getting that but if you're getting that then you probably may you know need to make some adjustment in your brewery to, mm-hmm. to match it mm-hmm. to, you know to mm-hmm. maybe not just these recipes but any recipe you'd get you know just to kind of see right. what your right. what your adjustment is like you know like on my my controllers I have, I got a little something there that tells you how many degrees off it is. Mm-hmm. It's not, so it's okay that it's a degree off. Mm-hmm. I just got to know. That's all. Well, that's also the thing. I think if you can't uh, replicate one of the other recipes, let's say yeah. from Lagunitas that they've given us and that you're trying, and you can't come really, really close to those, then you know. Part of it may be that when you're trying to clone something where you don't have the recipe, it may just be part of your process. Is sure. you know, there's something that needs to be worked out there. Yeah, how fast? You know, how how well did you hit that single infusion temperature? Right. Can you keep it? Does it go up and down? You know, mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. you know. So again, one one person's fit one fifty six may not be everybody's. So right. You have to like you know, sort of adjust it to your system. But mm-hmm. it's a great point. Calibrate. You know, to some beer, mm-hmm. like I mentioned that on some shows before, right. it's a great way to just to get to know your system and get yep. everything under yep. control. Yep. Is to calibrate to a readily available commercial mm-hmm. with a known recipe for that beer. Mm-hmm. So, well, even calibrate to your own beer. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you can't clone your own beer, yeah. your own beer, yeah, that's a consistent. Then you're in real, you're in real trouble. Yeah. And, I, and I tell you, I think the the next show coming up, we're going to kind of get into that mm-hmm. uh, about cloning your own beer. Well, nothing's more frustrating to have to make your beer a really good one time, right? And then it's yep. never as good again. Yeah, uh, uh, it would kill me. I think I'd make it rather than make it bad that one time, so I wouldn't have to lose sleep at night. Thinking, oh, that beer was so good, and it's all gone. Or I won with it once. I got it was forty five point beer one time. Now it's like thirty seven. I what happened? Right. Right. Yeah. All right, let's do this. Let's take uh, one last short break. And when we come back, uh, we'll answer any questions you might have and um, whatever else. Back after this. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the homebrewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. And now, Northern Brewer presents What If Homebrewers Ruled the World? Ladies and gentlemen, if you'll follow me, I will lead you into the gallery area. Now, the first piece up for sale today is a Jamil Zena Chef original, a bottle of 1997 vintage Evil Twin. Oh, I see. A bidding for this one-of-a-kind piece will start at £7,000. And if you'll continue to follow me, ladies and gentlemen, I can sell you a rather abstract piece from Bay Area brewer Justin Crossley. It's a German Doppelbach entitled Justin's Giant Bach. The brewer's notes here indicate that this beer has... Excellent. 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 Excell
it's just a crazy dream, or is it? With Northern Brewer, a thirsty nation can craft its own ale and water for the greater good of mankind. Northern Brewer, the home of $7.99, Brew Saver Shipping, superior customer service, and the finest selection of home brewing goods for the future. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their new Snaplock stainless steel camlock fittings will make connecting your pump or heat exchanger quick and easy. Or check out their exclusive paintball tank-based draft beer equipment. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. All right, we're back. Back with the show. All right, so uh, I would kind of recap uh, what uh, what. Give us a recipe here, Tasty. Give us a off the cut. You know, just uh, all right. Pale I, I would say about uh, for a probably ninety percent base baseball, four uh, percent yeah. crystal, fifty sixty. Uh huh. You know, British crystal. Uh, Two and a half percent of a dark roasted, bittered chocolate or something, and uh-huh. then maybe uh, under two and a half, like roast roasted uh-huh. barley, maybe. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, so maybe two and a half of each of those sounds like way too much. I'm thinking like uh, yeah, because that'd be five percent. Yeah, that'd one and a half of each of those. Right, and 50%. maybe maybe still just five percent crystals. So then like ninety two percent baseball. Right, right, right. Yeah, and then okay. yeah, I'm getting that's pretty much what I'd say. Okay. And then hops, you know, hops. I do like you know, uh, probably like about half to two thirds of your IBUs at, at sixty minutes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. And then maybe a fifteen minute addition or 15 something. Fifteen minute like addition of Willamette, probably you know right. another. Then uh, some late IBUs. hop with maybe some Cascade and late Chinook. Cascade, maybe maybe Chinook. And then, and then dry uh, hop. The same. Dry hop with the same. Yeah. Yeah. Ferment with WLPO two. Um, around whatever their standard temperature is probably in whatever temp you would do. I'd shoot for maybe, you know, I don't know, 64, 65, 67. 
Yeah, when I use that yeast, I use that's where I would ferment at sixty four. Yeah, now, they're, they're, they could ferment higher because they had that right. heavy pressure load oh, on yeah, the because they're giant there. fermenters. Yeah, yeah, I'd start you know maybe sixty four, sixty five, first few days, and then towards the end ramp it up. You know, get get yourself a nice clean finish and a, a good attenuation. Yep. Uh, what about uh, water adjustments? I think some gypsum. I think some hardening of the water. Yeah, gypsum yeah. would be definitely uh, certainly good to do. That's pretty standard routine for them as well. Right, right. Uh, yeah, that would definitely be Yeah, because the bittering seems like it has a, a bit of a, a little bit of a sharpness to it yeah, or a bite to it, which crisp. always indicates gypsum to me. Yeah, yeah. that's great beer. Yeah, and uh, there you go. There's... Uh, you know, a pretty decent starting recipe, I think, for, uh, you know, coming close to this. You may, you'd may have to play around with some of the uh, the levels of the ingredients. Yeah. But uh, hopefully what that's done is given people, you know, some idea of, you know, the, the thought processes that, uh, that you go through when you're doing a beer like this and, you know, what you're thinking of and, uh, and what you're trying to accomplish. And uh, you can apply that to, to your own beers that you're... That you're interested in right well nothing's better than to expand your your knowledge of uh brewing other than to, to do your own recipes or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to just understand what what recipe you've, you've been giving and what the contribution of each element is well that's a good point too because you know if you and and being wrong can be more educational than being right <laughs> well, some so of the most fun things i've done have been right. mistakes. you do this and you say well you know that that must have 10 percent roasted barley in it you know, and you go ahead and you throw that in, and then it comes out, you know, more like an imperial stout. You go, oh, well, I thought roasted barley, you know, gave it a toasted, you know, a roasted flavor, you know. Didn't know it had so much color. Right. And, you know, that's okay. It's no. like, oh, okay, well, you learned something. No, absolutely. You know, and, and you, you, you started to learn, you know, what amounts of, of an ingredient, uh, you know, what kind of effect they have. So that's, exactly. that's a, another good thing. Well, like for instance, I have a like a beer that is gets almost all its color from roasted barley, mm-hmm. and I know you know it just takes a little bit. But I also know that it gets a certain it's a different color red than uh, you get from the crystal, mm-hmm. the same you know lullaby kind mm-hmm. of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a uh, experience. I mean, the more you pay attention to the recipe, you know, even if you're just getting kits, if you know what's in it, mm-hmm. it's always nice to like drink the beer, look at the recipe. Mm-hmm. Think if you can say, oh yeah, I'm getting to tell whether it's crystal forty or crystal sixty, because I mean, you start developing right, you know right. a palate for what's actually you know not just the overall impression of the beer. Mm-hmm. What's what are the ingredients in this beer? Mm-hmm. That's really going to help you. Well, and uh, Chris and I were talking about you know domestic uh, malts versus British malts of the same color. And, you know, in certain color ranges, you get more a richer caramel character and a, a little more sweetness. And then as it gets darker, the British malts tend to be a lot more raisin-like than the domestic uh, crystals of the same color. Right. And so you, know, you can you can make a beer and it you know, seems a little bit raisiny. Then you go, oh, you know, maybe that's like a darker British malt. Right. You know, if it's well, a, like a real clean caramel and oh maybe that's a domestic malt it's good to quantify that i mean i know i know a lot of like the domestic brewers i know that are making ipas west coast ipas a lot of their character is the fact they're using crystal you know british crystal mm-hmm. and uh, i never think about like well what, what what does that mean why what why is that why is it tasting different 
and I think I hear what you're saying is that there's just more dimensions to those malts. Mm-hmm. They have some of these fruit, you know, different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. different aspects that the domestic crystal. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much sort of a straight line flavor. These seem to have right. some bumps in it. And there's a. You know, there's a a purpose and a place for the domestic crystals as well. It doesn't mean that they're inferior in any way. No. It's just a different taste. And in some beers, that's really what you want. You don't want all this other stuff going on. It can kind of muddy things up, or it's you know, it just depends on what you're you're shooting for. Mm-hmm. It's one thing. Like, well, this beer that we, you know, the recipe that we talked about here is not that complex. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you've heard our shows. The, the the best beers that we've probably covered. They've been real simple in recipe. They're not like you know mm-hmm. six different specialty malts, or mm-hmm. so. Always, always think you know minimalist kind of thing. Right. When coming up with the recipe, you're going to usually usually get it right. Well, that's the thing, you know. Uh, when we're when we've been coming up with new recipes at Heretic, we, you know, a lot of times we'll take whatever homebrew recipe and then you gotta get that book for in classic even, styles. I'm even, telling you, even if that guy won't mind if he still is recipe. Even if it was simple to start with. Um, I simplify it even more. I mean, I'm trying to get it down to base malt, you know, a character malt or two, and that's it. And everything in sack quantities. And it's like, you know, okay, sack of this, guy. sack of that, you know. So we'll do a half sack because, you know. You'll have one. But I don't want to screw around with, you know, measuring out ounces out of, you know, some bag or something. That's like, it needs to be portioned out, you know, appropriately. Um, well, you're just, just you're just confirming just, what you've, you've said on yeah. the show. It's it's all in the ferment, uh, right? I mean, right. obviously, that's a good, you're making a good recipe, and it's not yeah. you are rounding to sacks, and you're mm-hmm. not using maybe some malts in small quantities because why should I even bother with those? They don't matter, right? But right. You, you're you know you're like that's why these pros like yeah, just pro simplify now. it, just and, simplify yeah. it, and make up, make up for it in the hopping uh, and the ferment, yeah, and the, all the stuff on the cold. Yeah, side. I can't be storing a whole bunch of other malts. And stuff. Right. <laughs> when you're home brewing, it's okay. It was kind of fun to have. Yeah. You probably oh, had them absolutely. all, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like a shelves and shelves oh, of malt. every every malt that I could get my hands on. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's the way you find out. You have fun. It's yeah. like you know, but it's like seasonings in the kitchen. You know, too many seasonings in a dish. Yeah, you it's know, muddled. Yeah, yeah. But the right seasonings, you know, in the complexity, you have you know, curry. You yeah. know, fantastic. But you know the the that's a masterful thing. You know, you just start throwing a bunch point. of stuff in. It's yeah. you know terrible. Right. So there you go. All right, good show. I think uh, a very interesting topic, and uh, we had that uh, requested by our own just Justin Crosley was you know curious how how we we go about that. So uh, I thought that that was kind of neat to do and uh, a very valid topic for this the show all right if you're listening live stay tuned we got another episode coming right up uh if you're not you're listening to the podcast another one in two weeks but uh during that break make sure you go and check out our fantastic sponsors check out uh, northernbrewer.com uh all that special gear that uh that's uh makes your beer so good and uh, all those great ingredients we use those ingredients to brew the beers here for Kenya brew it ourselves absolutely and uh, because of their fine shipping, fresh fresh products uh, helps us uh, do real well with it. Also, check out the Brewing Network store. There's lots of goodies in there that when you purchase those things, they help the bottom line of the Brewing Network and keep programming like this on the air for you. So check it out. Till then, brew strong. And often.